Football Podcast. What is up, fantasy people? Trav from True North here, back with another episode of the True North Fantasy Pod. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at TCO14. The site is truenorthffb.com. The YouTube channel is the TNFF Network. And just really quick about last episode, I was on with uh, my buddy Tommy Mo from 2-on-1 Fantasy Football. That's at 2-on-1 FFB. So big shout out to Tommy, and I encourage any of my listeners to go back and have a listen to that episode because it was a good one. Um, and on that note, guys, this is the third episode in a row that I have had uh, an Undroppables connection on the pod. So Tommy does a little freelance writing for the Undroppables. Uh, Jax and Stoner were on a couple episodes ago, and that was a blast. And now I've got three OGs and uh, the entirety of the unscripted fantasy football podcast for the Undroppables. Uh, hey, fellas. So I'm going to start. Uh, let's start with term. We got uh, Randall Kennedy. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Terminator. Term, how are you, my man? It's been a long time coming for this. I'm fantastic. Couldn't be better. Um, yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I've, I've been sitting by the mailbox waiting for my invitation every day, and uh, it finally came, and I was so excited. Then I came. <laughs> beautiful yeah that uh, international postage is kind of brutal right now which is why it took so long so sorry about the delay on that my man i'm glad you could reach climax about it though <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much yeah okay. it doesn't it doesn't yeah. take much absolutely you're efficient we like efficiency in fancy football <laughs> <laughs> i'm efficient with my touches <laughs> and on the video paulie's pointing out that his kleenex box is empty uh so <laughs> that's telling in itself that uh, there's no kleenexes left there Polly. so uh yeah that's uh paul lungard you can find him at Polly sleepers he is uh a big staple in the fantasy community Polly, i like to call you uh the fantasy community's favorite uncle uh so welcome to the true north fantasy pod man it's uh it's a pleasure to have you on buddy uncle Polly is here what's up travis how you doing man thanks for having us i'm doing good man excited to have you guys on and then last but certainly not least, it is his uh, second time on the True North Fantasy pod. Uh, we had uh, this man on a couple months ago with the Sons of Dynasty. That is Jake Song. You can find him at WBZBFF. So, uh, yeah, another well-known pillar of the fantasy community. Uh, OGs from the Undroppables. How are you doing, Bees? I'm all right, my brother. How are you doing? I'm great, buddy. This is fun, man. I, uh, I've been in anticipation all day. Uh, super stoked we could make it work to get a night that worked for you guys. You guys just dropped your uh, your eighth episode for the uh, unscripted podcast. I listened to that one last night and it was great. Um, yeah, pleasure to have you back on, buddy. It was fun to have you on back with the Suns and uh, another go round here. Oh, dude, you know, I love coming on with you, my man. It's always a good time. Now, I do got to say, though, you know, we're, we saw your crew last week with uh, Stoner and Jax. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, man, this crew is much better looking than those two schmucks. <laughs> so I'm just going to I'm just like going to I'm going to drop it out there now for you. So I like that. Shots fired. Shots fired. I bet uh, I bet your guys's group chat for the undroppables is off the hook. Hey? It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lit. <laughs> Do the yeah, kids, it's insane, kids still say that? I guess so. Do the kids I, still I say no lit? Idea. Sure I do. Mean, yeah, I don't fit into that category anymore. <laughs> what, kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've got ones of my own, but they're not old enough to have slang terms, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, right on, fellas. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, a pleasure to have you guys on. Been a long time coming. We've got uh, we've got a really good episode planned. We're going to talk some wide receiver duos. So we're going to go over kind of some prominent uh, pairings around the league. We're going to talk about them from an ADP perspective and talk about uh, who we think is the better value at that ADP. So that's going to be pretty fun. We're also going to get into another one of my favorite segments every year is picking your league winners. So each of us is going to drop one league winner uh, that we think our followers, I guess, should go and pick up to to help them get that championship this year. Uh, so really quick, fellas, before before we get into it, I just want to make a little plug for uh, something that we got going on here, and that's the Canadian National Best Ball Champions League. Uh, so our buddy Will Harris, you can find him at It's Harris Time. He he organized at, at this point, it's a 32 team best ball league, and uh, it's a bunch of Canadians from from obviously above uh, above the 49th parallel. And uh, we've got some best ball going on and we're trying to or Will definitely is obviously the catalyst behind it. But we're all as a group trying to trying to build it up as kind of the premier best ball championship in Canada. And so as of right now, Will is looking for more entrants to hopefully create a, another conference for this year. Uh, so anybody who's listening out there, if you are, if you're from the North and you want to get in on some best ball with some sharks, definitely feel free to shoot a DM to the true North uh, Twitter account or send us an email through the contact us page on the site. So uh, yeah, we really appreciate everybody who's shown interest in that. It's, it's all for charity. Everybody's got a charity picked and all of the winnings are going to charity. So the more players, the more money goes to charity. So I uh, hope we get a good turnout for, for a couple more conferences there. Uh, but fellas, it's time. Are we getting into this or what? Let's go, baby. Let's, Let's go. Do it. I love it. I love it. All right, fellas. So yeah, I'm going to lay out a couple of the duos. I'll kick it to one of you guys. Uh, we're just going to drop some fire tonight and it's going to be a blast. Awesome. The first duo, fellas, um, you know, really, really good passing offense of the past. We're talking about Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Uh, so Kenny G, he has an ADP of wide receiver eight going at the 26th overall pick. And I'm going off of uh, four for four's uh, consensus ADP. Uh, so they kind of amalgamate all the big sites ADPs and they turn it into one. Uh, and so I'm going to be going off of that for our ADP tonight. And then we've got Marvin Jones with an ADP of wide receiver 37 at the 97th overall pick. Uh, so BZ, I'm actually going to start with you as the uh, the returning guest on the show. Kick it off. Uh, who do you think is the best value out of those two with Kenny G at wide receiver eight and Marv Jones at wide receiver 37? Well, I mean, in terms of value, Marvin Jones is, is you know, the better value of the two, but I'm taking Kenny G all day. Um, there's no reason not to. I mean, the guy's kid's a number one wide receiver for Detroit. He's a stud. He's going to get the ball a lot. Even when Matthew Stafford went down, he was still making plays last year. So I like him to take another step up and actually really kind of like, he, I think he could hit top five if Stafford stays healthy. Um, Marvin Jones, I mean, y'all got to like him. He's got, the, he's got the deep ball ability. Um, he's always been a solid player, but he's, he's inconsistent. So you're going to have big weeks. You're going to have small weeks. So I'll, I, it, you know, if I have the opportunity, I'm sitting there, I'm going to draft Kenny G just because I know what I'm getting and I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I love Kenny G. Uh, I actually have him as my wide receiver seven in my ranks. And the, um, the Marv Jones piece is really, really interesting because I like how you said he was inconsistent. I, I looked up a little bit of stuff and he uh, last year had four games as a wide receiver one, which is awesome. We like that. But every other game, he was a wide receiver three or worse. Uh, and kind of further to that, he did have 90 targets. And in uh, in those four games where he was a wide receiver one, those accounted for almost half of his targets. So you are going to see some natural inconsistency. Uh, Term, let's move over to you, my man. Who do you think uh, is the guy that you're taking at the cost right now? Is it Marv or is it Kenny G? 
I like both these players, uh, and there are several things I like about both these players. Um, I have Kenny Galladay going in right at the beginning of the third round. I think that's great value there. Uh, he led the league in, uh, with 11 receiving uh, touchdowns last year, 10.3 um, yards per target, 18.3 yards per reception. Um, he was on pace for 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns uh, when Matthew Stafford got hurt. Uh, fifth highest catch rate on contested targets the last three years. Third most receiving yards on contested targets since 2015. Um, the cool thing about that is even though he was third, uh, Marvin Jones was fourth. And Marvin Jones' ADP is 8-11. The splits between he and Kenny Galladay uh, with Matthew Stafford target-wise, uh, Kenny Galladay led, but it was just by a little bit, 62-57. to 57. Marvin Jones was wide receiver 14 with Stafford, even though he was a little bit inconsistent. He's finished the last 38 games with almost 2,400 yards as the PPR wide receiver 18. Uh, That's amazing value where you're getting him. The only thing about it is this is the second year in a row he's finished on IR. So he's an injury risk. He's a little bit inconsistent. I like Kenny Galladay. Um, I know Marvin Jones is going five rounds later, uh, but for my money, I'll say KG. Nice. And Polly, how about you? I see you got that uh, that dart in mouth, so uh, you are comfortable, <laughs> and I like that. We like to make people feel comfortable here on the True North Pod. Um, who you got, Kenny G or Marv? These guys covered it really well. I mean, um, Marvin Jones is is the value um, if we can get a healthy year out of him. Turn brought it up. Uh, nine games played in 2018, 11 games played. Last year, finished the season, both seasons on IR. Um, you know, prior to that, if we could get back uh, the vintage Marvin Jones from 2015 to 17, um, the guy was consistent. 103 targets, 103 targets, 107 targets. Uh, 800 yards, 950 yards, 1,100 yards. 12 yards per reception, then 16 yards per reception, then 18 yards per reception. So in that heyday of... 100-plus targets, he got better each one of those seasons. And also in that 2016 season, he had nine touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just that three-year progression is amazing to me. Uh, From four touchdowns to four to nine, everything else progressed. The value is right there. Uh, Kenny G, obviously, is wide receiver one. I have him ranked actually seventh overall. Um, I have Marvin Jones, uh, number 33. Right. Um, so just it just depends. I mean, you know, the value, if you could get Galladay around wide receiver eight to ten and he turns in a top five season, then that's a value. But it's hard to get value right there in, in drafting a guy that high. So I would say just because of what you have to spend on him, the value is uh, definitely with Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree that Marvin Jones is definitely a big value right now, especially because we've seen Matthew Stafford have prolific wide receivers throughout his career. But uh, yeah, I think for me, I, I really like Kenny G from the, from the aspect of drafting him because term, you said that he goes in the third round. And for me, like I personally really like to have a strong running back core and I feel really comfortable with Kenny G as my wide receiver one. So for me, I like that I can still get him as a top flight wide receiver and still potentially draft, uh, 
running back, running back in the first two rounds. So for me, I think I think I go Kenny G just because I really like to have him as my wide receiver one. Uh, but I can definitely see the the value in Marvin Jones. And I think we're all saying that that is a value. And so we would all take him in, in certain instances. But uh, for me, it's just the ceiling that Kenny G provides. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty big on that Detroit offense this year. Yeah, Polly is uh, correct in that you're likely drafting Kenny Galladay at his ceiling. For sure. Um, but the consistency, even with uh, the, the guys that they had filling in for Stafford last year, uh, to, to still finish the way that he did, um, he's just so good, man. Totally, man. You uh, you laid out a bunch of good stuff for him. And uh, he last year alone, with that stinky <laughs> quarterback situation, he had the most deep targets. And his 37 deep targets were uh, the leader by six in the NFL. He was top 10 in air yards, completed air yards. He was fifth in the NFL in both yards per target and yards per reception. So just like you said, he's kind of proved that he's quarterback proof. Uh, And I, yeah, I just love the ascension that Kenny G has had because uh, it wasn't like a ton of buzz on him when he first, first came out. But then in that rookie season, it really started to grow. And it's nice to see those guys blossom uh, as that like prototypical alpha guy. All right, boys. So I'm going to move on to uh, the next situation. Uh, there's one one of these players is near and dear to me. Uh, one of these players is getting a ton of hype in the community right now. Uh, that is Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, also known as Bobby Trees, also known as Reliable Robert. Uh, so, <laughs> I like that one. I, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard that one. No, yeah, that's uh, a big shout out to my buddy. He's actually a hip hop artist out here in Cal or out in Calgary uh, up here. And uh, that was his. We had him on one of our pods just as a buddy who's in the music biz. He came on and was a guest for us. And we played some of his music and whatnot. And we talked some fantasy. And uh, that was one of his big players on his his team. And uh, he he coined him Reliable Robert. So uh, his his hip hop name is Transit 22. So anybody feel free to go uh, give our boy a a follow if you want to hear some good Canadian hip hop. He's he's really good. He's been in it since we were like 15, man. It's crazy. Um, But I digress. And so let's get back to these wide receivers. Cooper Cup is going at the wide receiver 14 at 38 overall. And then Robert Woods is going at the wide receiver 20. I'm seeing at uh, around around 50th overall. So um, both to me, both pretty decent values. But I'm curious to see what uh, you veterans have to say. So, Polly, why don't you kick it off with Bobby Trees and Um, Cooper Cup, of course. (laughs) Yeah, Bobby Trees is my choice for the for the value there, and uh, I just drafted him in a dynasty startup that uh, that uh, Randall and Beasy are both in, um, and he's been very consistent and reliable the last two years. Uh, wasn't the case, um, you know, games played nine games, ten games, eleven games. So he missed you know five to six games a a, a season. Uh, prior to these last two years, nearly identical stats. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, 130 targets, 139, 86 catches, 90, 1,219 yards, 1,134 yards. Just almost exact same seasons. Uh, catch rate, yards per game, 75.6, 76.2. I mean, he's just re- reliable. He's due for some touchdown regression, uh, two touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. Really, with that kind of volume, uh, just basic touchdown um, percentages say that he should have had at least six or seven. Sure. Um, and also, when they changed their scheme uh, to 12 personnel late last season, his role did not change, and, and Cups did. Uh, Cup kept bringing uh, 
you know, the, the fire that we like because of his red zone usage mm-hmm. and scored, I think, in five of the last six games or four of the last five games or something like that to keep those numbers up. But his uh, usage and snap rate were way down. Now, I postulated on Twitter the other day that what if Sean McVay noticed that four of his last five opponents were bottom five DVOA against tight ends and said, hey, we're just going to switch to 12 personnel for the rest of the season. Um, Sean McVay is a really, really, really good uh, football coach. I don't know if you've seen, there was a famous interview where they asked him about certain plays. Mm-hmm. And he could remember the exact play call, where everybody was at on the field, mm-hmm. who caught the ball, who was in coverage from two the years personnel. ago, four years ago, the personnel. I mean, so he's got this kind of beautiful mind, um, steel trap, you know, uh, beautiful mind that I wouldn't put it past him. Um, you know, the the hard knocks uh, talk, I guess, is is that they're sticking with this 12 personnel, but... I still wouldn't put it past him to to keep that ruse going. Like, yeah, you know, everybody thinks that we're, that's what we're doing, and we just <laughs> did that to take advantage of those matchups because I can't imagine keeping Cooper Cup off the field. No. But no. to hedge your bets, Bob Trees is doing Bob Trees shit no matter what happens. <laughs> he was out there and doing his same thing, whatever personnel grouping there is. You could get him later. I've said for years the uh, on that squad get whoever you can get last, and for mm-hmm. many years, Cooks went ahead of those guys and did not yeah. produce like they did. So that was always the bad pick, in my point. I mean, he had good years, but they they were much better value. So I'll take uh, I'll take Woods at our. Uh, you said what wide receiver twenty? Uh, yeah, wide receiver twenty. I've got him at right now. It's it's awesome, dude. It's I can awesome. Forget and, about uh, it, man. That's that's an easy call for me. Yeah, I love what you I love what you put out there about the twelve personnel um, kind of thing that McVeigh was doing at the end of last year. Uh, I, I think, and actually, uh, my guy Tyrell, you can follow him at TNFF Tyrell. Check out his page, any of our listeners, because he had a really, really deep thread about the Rams' offense from last year. And in there, there was a big piece about the twelve personnel and how it might not necessarily be the case because that O line was so bad that they needed some help right and you'll look and even johnny munt got some snaps on there and uh, he's not not anything for our fantasy teams that's sure and so he was out there predominantly as a blocker so uh that's a really good thread that ty did and i really like that and another thing with mcveigh is i think he's going to be on a mission to regain that prolific offense right and for me he's doing that with that with those two wide receivers on the field so i'm with you paulie i don't think they're going to take those guys off the field uh term what do you think are you are you climbing the trees as well? Or are you uh, are you sitting in the cup? Uh, so I like climbing trees, uh, even though I'll <laughs> um, I'll give you some uh, good shit on both these guys. Uh, one thing I, I'm not sure people are um, factoring into the Cooper Cup thing is he going to miss uh, having Cooks there opening things up underneath? Mm. Uh, he made his life uh, a lot easier, I think. Uh, also, there's 126 available targets now uh, to go amongst players that they didn't really add anybody there. Uh, and I know uh, everybody is goo goo gaga over Van Jefferson, um, and I'm sure he'll he'll get a few of those uh, targets, but I don't think he's getting all 126. Um, Cup was the number three wide receiver in Dominator rating uh, last year. Uh, for those of you that don't know, dominator rating is market share of teams offensive production. Um, 
he was uh, he's PPR wide receiver eight since 2018. Uh, he Goff obviously loves this kid. Um, mm-hmm. What scares me about Cooper Cup and where he's being drafted is, uh, and Polly hit this on the head, is uh, the second half of last year when they did um, switch to 12 personnel. Obviously, they uh, it was their best stretch of the season. I think they uh, they were three and two in those five games, including almost beating the 49ers at home. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that they could just uh, go away from Cup, uh, and he had those low snap shares, and they were still winning games, sort of scares me. Um, uh, with Bobby Tre- with uh, Bobby Trees, at least you you know you know what you're going to get, except for touchdowns. Um, he didn't score a lot of touchdowns last year. I, I tend to agree with Polly. I think he's going to be in for some positive regression there. Uh, weeks 10 through 17, when they did switch to 12 personnel, he got at least nine tar- targets per game, and he was the PPR wide receiver six. Uh, where he's being drafted, that kind of production, if they do stay with this 12 personnel, uh, is money. I like that. I like that. BZ, where are you at, buddy? Uh, you know, I have to agree with these guys on the Bobby Trees. I mean, he's just a better value, and he's probably the safer play just because with Cooks gone, you know, it, it's he's going to be the he's going to be the number one. But I I think you know again we're talking about them going to the two tight end sets and going back into you know three wide receivers. I mean, in 24 games, Cup had 16 touchdowns. He's got 13 games with 17 plus PPR points. Um, he also had six or more targets at 18 of those 24 games. And he finished 10th. He's with top 10 amongst receivers and red zone targets and top five in targets inside the 10 yard line in 2019. You know, he's going to get, he's going to get his opportunities. And I think they're going to go back to more spreading it out a little bit more. I don't think Higby's a thing or is going to be a thing last year when they went down to the last few games of the season, you know, I think the game against Seattle, which was week 14, I think he was hurt because he only played 29% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. The next game against Dallas, he was up there at 92. And then the last two games, he was at 61. And, you know, every game he was getting almost six targets. So one game he got 10 targets. So honestly, I think they're going to start to go back because Cooper Cup's just too good to keep off the field. So I do like where you can get him. But Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of value, it's, it's, it's Bobby Trees. I agree with Beasy in that I'm also out on Higby. I don't think Higby's a thing. Um, his uh, target share, and I know he, this is not a, a part of your question, but his target share went to unsustainable levels those last five weeks. Uh, so I, I agree with Beasy. Two stats I really like on the Rams when trailing. They are first in passer rating when trailing and first in pace when trailing. Hmm. Uh, and Ooh. they – they are probably going to face some negative game scripts being that they play in the NFC West. Yes, uh, and they uh, drew uh, their didn't, didn't uh, we draw the AFC uh, West. Uh, they're probably going to be facing some negative game scripts. So mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Good teams there. Yeah. Good and team- pace of play is something we pay attention to for DFS a lot. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to the games where the Rams are, um, uh, expected Vegas, you know, implied odds to lose um, and, and have to play from behind. That's a uh, big, big, big for DFS. 
Yeah, the the Vegas lines are really cool to look at because that's like the really really good research all boiled into one to kind of make those odds and whatnot. So those are those are really good kind of barometers to start at when you're when you're playing anything for fantasy football. Like if you're looking for game script stuff, like that's really good. And and obviously there's a ton of strength of schedule out there. But I like that yeah. uh, I like that call there. Just on me. a side note, shout out to Hilo. If you guys know Hilo, yeah, he's a DFS guy and he pays a lot of attention to pace of play. And uh, and and um, how many snaps and how many plays the team's running and totally. uh, game scripts and all those things. So uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I think we're all out on Higby. You're going to have to spend uh, too much to get him. It was a very small sample size. Everett was hurt, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was. was hurt. Yes. yes. Um, but when when Everett was healthy, uh, he was getting he was getting the love over was. Uh, Higby for a couple of years. Yep. Uh, I mean, so we've got, you know, 20, you know, 26 games of, of a sample size versus five. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, like we said earlier, just defenses that were horrible against the tight end. I mean, one of those defenses were was the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Oh, yeah. Twice in that game, in, the, in that stretch, it was the Cardinals. TJ Hawkinson shredded those guys in his first NFL game and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. That's how bad they are. So, yeah. Totally, man. I like Tyler, it. I like Tyler, it. Tyler, Hug- Tyler Higby, woof tight end of 2020. Wow, you heard it here. I was wondering woof. if you were going to pull out a woof, BZ. Oh, dude, oh, I, got, yeah. I got one coming. I saw the jerseys on your wall, so I was kind of saving that for later. BZ, but... oh. I thought you were about to call him Tyler Hug Me. Yeah. I almost did, dude. Yeah, I got stuttered up a little bit, dude. It happens. That's what I'm going to be saying when he puts up uh, when he puts up a goose egg. Hug Tyler, yeah. hug me. Oh. I, I want to. I want to throw. Uh, throw something. I want to. Uh, Polly brought up an excellent point on Twitter the other day, in that with football we have 16 games, which is such a small sample size to draw data from. Right? It's not like baseball where you have 162 games or 82 games for basketball. So when you're talking about just five games uh, for that sample size, it's just way too small for me to invest what I have to invest to draft Higby. Yeah, and and I'll agree that the draft price has gotten a little high on Higby. Uh, I I personally do think he could turn in maybe like a back end tight end one season just because that offense is supposed to be prolific. Uh, that third target is kind of in question now with the rookie or with uh, the young running backs who haven't cemented their spot. And I do think that when they are in single tight end personnel, it's going to be Tyler Higby because of his blocking as opposed to Gerald Everett. Uh, I can see Everett being out there just in the slot too, which is totally fine. But I I think. Higby Higby could turn in a back end one season just to play a little devil's advocate there and uh, to play a little more devil's advocate fellas I actually go Cooper Cup on this debate because at that wide receiver 14 uh, ADP I actually have him as my wide receiver 8 for 2020 I'm a huge believer in Cooper Cup he's he's one of my guys and he's somebody who I'm drafting um, he's one of those kind of the, the final guys that uh, that you can get that you're comfortable with as a wide receiver one when you get into that Cooper Cup Allen Robinson range um, and I think Cooper Cup is the guy for me just because BZ, you mentioned all that red zone upside. Uh, he's been, you know, he was six in target share inside the red zone. And that's a big target share in uh, in Los Angeles. And then it's just the mind meld with Jared Goff. I think those two are like mega best friends. They probably hang out all the time, link arms, skipping down the road and stuff like that. Um, but uh, in 2019, Cooper Cup had 
over 20% of the team's targets in 10 games. And four of those, he was over 30%. And then in his 39 career games, he has 21 games over 20%. So uh, that's a pretty solid percentage for him to have that much target share of a high volume passing offense. So that's kind of why I like Cooper Cup. And it's uh, I see the value in Bobby Trees. And, you know, if Cooper Cup was at an ADP of wide receiver eight, where I have him ranked, I would be going with Bobby Trees. But for where I have Cooper Cup, for what you can get him for, I still think that's a value for what he's going to put up because on an inconsistent season last year, he was a top five wide receiver. And I think he can only build on that consistency with all those targets out the door. So that's kind of where I sit just to go a little bit uh, off the um, or contrarian. Yeah, contrarian. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Term. It's definitely no, not a bad no pick. He's a, he's a badass. So it's definitely They're both um, guys to own, right? This is an also you want pieces of. Cooper Cup is uh, playing for a contract. Right. Yes, he is. Yep. And it's um, going to be a fat one if he can get it. And to your point, um, Trav, uh, Lisa Ann from Lisa Ann Does Fantasy uh, said on the radio today that uh, she uh, has heard that uh, Goff and Cup have those little heart necklaces where uh, <laughs> each one has one heart and they wear them in practice. Um, I love so, it. yeah. Pictures of each yeah. other inside them. It's a little locket. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is. I'm warm and fuzzy inside because of that. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to keep it rolling on to the next duo. We're going to go to uh, the Dog Pound. We're going to talk about Odell and we're going to talk about Jarvis, both guys who have had major fantasy success in the past. Odell is going at wide receiver 13, 35th overall, and Jarvis is going at wide receiver 31 at uh, 75th overall. So this... Uh, it seems like it's a walk, mm-hmm. um, but I think we just need to maybe confirm with you fellas. BZ, why don't you kick it off, buddy? Yeah, it's Jarvis Landry all day. Um, you know, he's 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 probably one of the, the most underrated wide receivers in the game right now. I mean, even in Miami and now with Baker. I mean, both years with Baker, he saw 149 targets and 18. He saw 138 last year. Yes, 138 last year. So he's getting the volume, and that's that's with ODB there. Oh yeah. ODB there. So, you know, I just think that it, now he's got the hip injury and he's back and maybe, you know, we'll see how that goes. Cause you could always be a little turnaround with that, but if he's healthy, he's going in. I think if the ball is going to get funneled to somebody, you know, 130 plus times, it's going to be Jarvis Landry. Uh, he's a safety valve. He's uh, he's got the connection with Mayfield and um, that, that's where I'm going. I dig it. I dig it. It's definitely an interesting, um, interesting offense to look at, right? Because they have a uh, new coaching staff coming in with Stefanski who ran that like huge run heavy offense in Minnesota, which we love for uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it affects this passing game. Uh, Term, where are you sitting on the, on the Browns wide receivers? So I'm probably going to surprise some people here. Um, Yes. Because the Browns signed uh, Austin Hooper and, and uh, they do sort of the same thing, I don't see Jarvis Landry getting peppered with another 141 targets this year. Um, while he's finished wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 16 his two seasons with the Browns, um, he's also uh, been a threat from long distance. He's ninth in the NFL since he joined the Browns uh, in uh, t- average distance on his touchdowns at 21.2 yards. Um so he can score from anywhere on the field. I just don't think he's going to see the volume that he saw last year. And this is a guy that doesn't do a lot after the catch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of dependent on that volume. With the switch to 12 
personnel um, with Stefanski coming in with the, the want to run the football a little more. Um, I, I just I, I love his talent. I love what he can do. And in the past, he's been severely underrated. I just don't think he's going to see the volume this year uh, that he has in the past. So I don't I don't see him finishing uh, near that top 15 ish range like he has. Uh, Odell last year played through a core muscle injury. Still had the third most air yards in the league. Still was fourth in end zone targets with 13, uh, 15th in raw targets. He's going at the end of the third round. I think that's an absolute smash. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he gets that same, just that same production, uh, he's going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, he doesn't even have to get, uh, you know, as long as he's healthy, he, his targets don't, don't, they don't have to go up uh, for him to produce more than he did last year. Um uh, speaking to uh, being able to score from anywhere on the field, he's eighth in average distance of touchdown uh, hmm. uh, since 2018. Um, so I like OBJ. I, st- I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. I'm still taking him. If he's there at the end of the third round, the beginning of the fourth round, that's a no-brainer pick for me. I love that, man, because Odell was a lock top 10 pick just a couple of years ago. And that's based on the talent, which I still think he has, which I think has been sapped by some of those injuries like you mentioned. And uh, it's it's I think that's something that gets lost in his not so good finish last year is that the the top 12 opportunity was there for Odell Beckham last year. Uh, it didn't necessarily go his way. So I think I think he's being drafted at a great price as well as as well as Jarvis. You can't you can't deny that. Uh, Paulie, are you are you sitting in Jarvis's camp on this one? I think uh, I think you kind of alluded to that off the hop there. Yeah, absolutely. Although I do think that uh, Odell has the opportunity to recognize the potential that we've seen mm-hmm. um, in the past and haven't seen in the last few years. We talked about it on our pod a couple episodes ago um, with Stefanski. You've got a guy that turned Kirk Cousins from literally the bottom five in play action in the seat in the league to uh, top seven uh, in one season. Uh, and then you've got a guy, Baker Mayfield, that was in the bottom five at, uh, I think, a 77 QBR uh, from play action last year. So if he could turn Baker around like he turned around Kirk Cousins, that'll help things out for Odell quite a bit. Um, I'm 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 on Odell for sure, but Landry is the buy, and and I, I I know what you're saying, term about getting Hooper the ball and the 12 personnel, but good players eat, and and Miami realized it, and the Browns have realized it. This is a guy that's averaged 145 targets for the past six seasons. Um, his, his finish is, uh, you know, wide receiver nine, 13, five, 18, 12. He's always in that, you know, low end, uh, wide receiver one to mid, mid, uh, wide receiver two range. Um, even if he drops off a little bit, you know, he's being drafted as a wide receiver three right now. I think part of that is the injury. I think part of that is because people are not educated about the injury, um, myself and our uh, PT doc for the undroppables, uh, the real Adam H on Twitter has been talking about it all summer long. Um, it's not a, an injury that's going to take, that's taken a long time to recover. Um, he said back in May that Landry would be ready for camp and Landry's was taken off the pup right before camp and he's good to go. It wasn't major hip surgery. It was a couple bones, that were causing him discomfort that he played through Mm. the whole season. 
they removed the bones. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That was the surgery. That's what's everybody's, you know, supposedly worried about and is pushing him way off. And, and it, this happens every year. He's drafted way, way, way late. It's almost a guaranteed uh, return on your uh, investment there. I mean, 160 targets, 140 targets, 130 targets, 131 targets. Uh, I mean, just every single year. Um, and the guy's a playmaker. Uh, he's going to be uh, featured, and uh, I don't think that'll stop Cooper from eating. I don't think that'll stop Odell from eating. Uh, I'm firmly of the belief that there's you know, enough mouths to feed all the time if you've got talent out there. You're talking mm-hmm. about you know, 40 pass attempts a game, 35 pass attempts a game. That's enough for all these guys to get double-digit targets. So um, Landry is the screaming by uh, I tweeted out on May 7th uh, at the beginning of the summer um, screaming by for you. Jarvis Landry, 27 years old, never missed a game, mm-hmm. never missed a game in his career, guys. As like a short target slot guy who is going across the middle, right. catching those short targets. And and in a situation like to get nice. her doesn't PPR finish of 9, 13, 5, 18, 12 over that span. Um, he's currently being drafted in the seventh round. And you talked about it earlier. If you want to go running back early, boom, 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 grab three of them. Having guys like Kenny Galladay and Jarvis Landry on your squad is, and Robert Woods, you're good mm-hmm. to go. For sure. You could get all three of those guys as your one, two, and three with Galladay, Woods, and Landry probably even a couple rounds later. So I think he's – I've got him as a wide receiver three on a bunch of my rosters just because you can get him as that. And uh, it's just a solid solid target volume that you're sitting with. You just – you can't pass up Jarvis at that value. You got Odell. I like him at 13. But, I mean, Jarvis Landry has been used different since he came to the Browns. Uh, term, you highlighted that by saying he has uh, – one of the longest uh, distances of his touchdowns. So his his average touchdown is, I think, 20 yards, you said. Um, that's not regular Jarvis Landry numbers. Uh, that's a different way he can be used and show that he can be used by that. And his red zone upside. I look at a lot of red zone stuff and I'm analyzing. I really like to kind of go after those touchdowns and see if I can catch them. He had the fifth most targets inside the 20 fourth highest team target share inside the red zone. And uh, he clearly was the was the receiver out of those two who built the most rapport with Baker Mayfield. So I go with uh, Jarvis Landry there. But Term, you're totally right. At the back of the third, Odell is great as one of those guys you can get. Um, if you get sniped on some of the other guys ahead of him, Odell is a nice consolation prize. And, and just, like, Oh, good, good. No, go ahead, Beasy. I was just going to say, um, you know, also with two, you know, we had, we had talked about Austin Hooper. We had talked about Stefanski running the two tight end system. I mean, mm-hmm. you got Hooper and then you got, and Njoku and Harrison Bryant and mm-hmm. both Harrison Bryant and Njoku and Joku have not had great camps so far. They're both struggling to pick up things. They're not catching it. And there's been a lot of, there's been some waves. My source tells me there's waves. And, <laughs> your, uh, your source. <laughs> source, sources say my sources say waves, dude, waves. The joke so, is not good. No, and that's kind of my whole thing here is, no. you know, they like to run two tight end sets, but they run two tight end sets when they have two good tight ends. And if they're not feeling that they got that, if they, you know, Njoku or the other kid's not going to step up, then they could shift back to a three wide receiver set and try something different with the personnel that they have. 
We also have to keep in mind that when teams feature a personnel grouping, a lot of times that means they're running that 33 to 38% of the time. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a, that's a highlighted personnel grouping because there's six or seven other formations that you're running throughout the game. So if you're running a a personnel grouping 33% of the time, that's your featured grouping. There's plenty of times for three wide receiver sets and and other things to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, and Stefanski ran the second most 12 uh, personnel sets in the league last year behind only the Eagles. And I think, uh, I think the Vikings were up around 50% 12 personnel. Um, So that's 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 what we're staring at. Around 50%. I don't know the exact number, but so it was you still have 50% yep. of the time that you can have three wide receivers out there. True that. So True that. Sexy. I <laughs> love it. Love <laughs> it. Yes, you are, BZ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jarvis also a highest yards per target of his career last year mm-hmm. at 8.5. Highest yards per catch last year at 14.4. Yeah, man. It's just, uh, it's just easy money, right? Yeah, those aren't um, those aren't like great numbers to be your uh, ceiling. If no, again, if he doesn't if he doesn't get the ball, he's been a wide receiver that. that so when you when you say he's got had 146 targets and 150 targets, can you imagine somebody like uh, Amari Cooper or or Odell Beckham getting 150 targets? What they do with it? He's a guy who needs a lot of volume to produce. Mm-hmm. And his ceiling is clearly right around a, a wide receiver two. So if you can get him as your wide receiver three, I don't think you're going to be disappointed, but I don't think you're going to be getting what you got last year. That's that's my whole point. I still think his ceiling is a uh, is a low end wide receiver one personally. Mm-hmm. And he showed last year that he could do more. And that's why he did increase his depth of target and his yards per catch, because he worked a little bit more outside. Um, you know, they didn't have a choice. It's right, but who's their wide receiver too now? He's their wide receiver too. So right. he could play outside. He yep. showed that last year. But he doesn't play outside. He plays in the slot predominantly. Predominantly, yeah. But he played it. It can't be both things. It can't be he plays in the slot, uh, which is so good, and he never misses a game. And also, by the way, he does all his work on the outside because I want him to be something he's not. No, he worked more outside last year and showed that he can go downfield and work the outside. I'm not saying that's what he's going to do, and they're just going to switch him out there. He's the slot guy. I'm just saying he showed his versatility last year. Yep. 100% agree. Big time. All right, fellas, we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, This is an interesting situation, one that I did not necessarily like when the acquisition was made. Um, The uh, Buffalo Bills, we're going to talk a little Stephon Diggs, a little Smokey John Brown. Stephon Diggs is going as wide receiver 25, which in years past would be crazy value on him with his old role on uh, on the Vikings. And then John Brown is going at wide receiver 44, which is really wild after a top 20 finish last year. Uh, so I think we're going to move up to term first. Term, where are you sitting on the Buffalo Bills wideouts? Uh, so I really like Diggs probably a little better than uh, these guys only because I think he's one of the best route runners in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's a legitimate number one. I don't think John Brown is a legitimate number one, even though he finally stayed healthy and produced like one last year. I think it was uh, more health and uh, they really didn't have a deep threat. Now. Yeah. They, they both occupy sort of the same. They're, they're nine route guys. Mm -hmm. Diggs can do it all though. Uh, He's shown that he can run any route on the route tree. 
Um, I think when they get in close, they're going to look for digs. Uh, obviously, he's going to be uh, catching deep balls. Uh, Josh Allen's got a big arm. Uh, I know everybody was wanted to um, poo-poo Allen over one seven-second tweet, uh, <laughs> seven-second clip where it looked like he was throwing it out of bounds and uh, Diggs had to toe-tap to catch it. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I tweeted out, I was like, how do we know that wasn't a toe-tap drill? Uh, that they were working on yeah we don't know we don't know anything uh we saw seven seconds of a practice and we're already throwing these guys out um <laughs> i like Diggs. i think he's you know he's he's gonna get you those 70 catches he's gonna average 17 yards a catch uh, if he does that he's got a chance to produce like a wide receiver one uh at his adp that's that's a buy for me um, I, I'm not even sure what John Brown's ADP is. He's not on my radar. I think um, sort of like when uh, and Polly will love this. This is sort of one of those independent George situations. Uh, as soon as um, a relationship George showed up, uh, he killed independent George. Uh, <laughs> relationship George being Stefan Diggs uh, and uh, independent George. George, independent George B. John Brown. I just think he's going to be an afterthought now that Diggs is there. Um, it's a low-volume passing offense. Uh, they don't have the means to support two number ones. Uh, so that's why I just, I, I'm going to side, side with Diggs and where he's being drafted. I think it's a value. Yeah, I, I, th- I think 25 for one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL to get him as the wide receiver 25 is awesome. Uh, Pauly, where are you at with the with the Bills? Because, I mean, for me, I didn't really like the Diggs acquisition at first, uh, but I've definitely come around on it. I don't like it. I'm off both these guys. <laughs> um, I won't have any of them on my team. I like John Brown. I've always liked him. Smokey Brown. He's got the sickle cell trait. Term brought up that he did turn in 16 games good for him last year i think that's the first time he's done it um he is the deep ball specialist which um does highlight Diggs' game but as term brought out he's a fantastic route runner so he's not just the nine route guy but having that other deep route guy to compete with him um on a team that doesn't pass that much with a woefully inefficient quarterback that i like for fantasy because he runs and because uh, he runs in the end zone too, and uh, and turns in those touchdowns, and um, gets you that that really, really, really nice rushing floor that makes up for a lot of his fumbles and his mistakes. And um, I just don't like buying um, guys on uh, on low passing offenses. And uh, also, turn brought up that they occupy the same space when they're doing their deep routes. You've got John Brown last year, number five in the league on deep targets uh, with 28. Uh, Number 10 in the league with target share at 25.7%. Number five on route participation at 91%. Number eight on completed air yards, 862. So um, you've got that trust with that deep ball. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's going to go to Diggs. Sometimes it's going to go to Brown. I, you know, I would really love it if Brown wasn't there. And I'm also worried about the wide receiver move. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right when a wide receiver moves to a different team. Mm-hmm. There uh, is. Buffalo's a cold weather climate. A lot of wide receivers go there. They don't like it. Um, 
I'm just I'm completely off of both of these guys. I if if Diggs wasn't there, I would like Val, Brown as a value, yeah. but um, with Diggs there, I don't really even want to take a late round shot on Brown. And there's somebody else that I'll be drafting uh, over Diggs. So um, as Term says, sometimes he'll if he beats me and if he has a good season, it's going to be on somebody else's squad. Mm-hmm. Good for mm-hmm. him. But um, I just I, I don't like it. I don't like the recipe there. It do- doesn't taste good to me. No, so, I feel you. I, feel I you. got a question for you, Polly. Uh, uh, I'm curious. With their ADPs being so close together, they're about a round difference between Diggs and Landry. Who would you rather have as your wide receiver three? Jarvis Landry. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's easily Diggs uh, for me. I'm kind of leaning the Diggs ceiling too. that he has, which is, which is way higher than Landry. PPR. PPR yeah, I see all that. I see day long. Yeah, I think Landry it's like day. I think you know, it's what Landry. Play. Yeah, his big plays would make up for what I mean. See, so if he gets seventy catches, uh, seven catch, which is not out, not outrageous for him. No. Uh, so. That's. Like, I, I would. Uh, I would yeah. personally rather anyway, have that. So we almost twelve hundred yards. Yeah, we just see those guys differently. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I hate to to present that differently because I don't want to you know confuse people. But um, yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BZ, how about yourself? No, it's fine that we don't agree. I mean, for me, Stefan Diggs has always been a player that's better for football than for fantasy. Um, I mean, if you look at his finishes, twenty four, nineteen, thirty, he's got one finish of ten. Um, over the last four seasons, Jarvis Landry has been will, better for fantasy than uh, I would ask. Are those finishes Monte. total points or are those points per game finishes? Uh, how many games did he miss? I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's, missed, a, that's he only missed that's a, two games two seasons ago. He played, he missed one game last year and one game the year before that. Um, so, um, the touchdown upside is there for yeah. sure, um, but yeah, for PPR. Easy, where are you sitting, brother? I, I'm gonna go with what Paulie said a lot on that. Just I don't trust the new wide receiver going into you know into Buffalo, and you know I, I just drafted Diggs in this recent Superflex that we did. The value was there for him, so I just said I go out and grab him and said what the hell and see what happens with it. But, you know, both these guys, like, I like John Brown a lot. I liked him when he went to Buffalo last year. Um, you know, Diggs obviously kills his value, but I still think he's going to give you some big boom games here and there because mm. he does got that deep speed. Um, again, Diggs is a hell of a route runner. He's a hell of a football player. I just don't think he's going to, re- you know, I, I just don't think he's going to be anything crazy this year. Could they develop into something more over the year? Sure. But for this year, I'm not, I'm, I'm avoiding where I can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a low volume passing offense. It's hard to see these guys not eating into each other because they are both deep threats, right? But I think I think for me, it's the talent wins out. So I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. I think mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of people shit on the the separation piece and how it's not corollary to fantasy production. Uh, but I think if you use it for what it's meant for, and the fact that he's a super good talent um, and that he can separate better than uh, than I think John Brown can. I think basically Stefan Diggs is kind of like a supercharged John Brown, um, and that he doesn't need the high target volume. 
even if you look at that, like John Brown still got 115 targets last year, and I'm not going to slot Stefan Diggs directly into those, but I think Stefan Diggs could easily outdo that with John Brown kind of taking a secondary role because not only can Stefan Diggs do the deep stuff, like you said, term, he can run those slant routes. He's uh, he's got really good hands. He's got really good routes, and he can kind of run a more full route tree than what uh, what they'll send Smokey Brown on, and maybe maybe a more full route tree than what we've seen him have in the past in his career. So I'm definitely going with Stefan Diggs. And I think one thing that can unlock him is if they move him into the slot some more. Uh, I had a little bit of a thread that I put out today about some of the slot stats um, for Stefan Diggs and for the Buffalo Bills. And last year, Cole Beasley got 72, uh, 72 receptions out of the slot or 72 targets out of the slot. And the year before, Zay Jones got 48. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Stefan Diggs is much better than those two players. So if they can get him into the slot and take some of those 106 targets that Cole Beasley had last year, I think Stefan Diggs can definitely return value on a wide receiver 25 price for somebody who, in my opinion, is probably a top 10 talent. Um, and he actually fits that quarterback really well. I think the separation can kind of help him uh, maybe track down some of those deep balls that uh, Josh Allen YOLOs up into the air from time to time. <laughs> so I think uh, I think I've, I'm coming around on digs in Buffalo after hating it initially because of that low passing volume. And to answer your question, Randall, uh, Stefan Diggs has beat or uh, beat uh, Jarvis Landry in points per game once out of the last three years. Uh, another thing that I don't like is uh, paying for a player uh, after a career season, uh, mm-hmm. which is what Jarvis Landry had last year. Um, so yeah, I'd much rather I'd much rather have Diggs as my wide receiver three. Um, Polly, what's that league that you're you're trying you want to trade Stefan Diggs in that you you won't trade him to me? I won't trade him to you for Sterling Shepard's trade up. You mean? <laughs> yeah, woof. <laughs> I offer I offered you a better trade than that. Yeah, this one um, is. And uh, I offered you and I offered you Jarvis Landry. This one is Jarvis Landry and uh, Sterling Shepard for Stefan Diggs and Lavisca Chanel. See that one, Sterling Shepard. Interesting. That's I'm contemplating it. Yeah, I mean, I just really like Visca, dude. I was just gonna yeah. say Visca's the hard piece there, and you know, I, I, I like that I'm getting Landry, but um, I don't like giving up rookies before I've had a chance to even see anything that they're doing. So I, it's still sitting out there because it, it was a uh, like I even said in the chat, you know, thank you, good offer. I'm thinking about what, it. So what league is that? I really I forgot. Oh man, I don't know. I have, I have 42 dynasty leagues. It's <laughs> that's I'm bananas. Beezy's <laughs> got 42. Oh yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> I'm sitting just under 30 for total leagues, not just dynasty leagues. So I'm feeling a little bit better about that now, fellas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're here for you. By the yeah, way, we need to awesome we, we, being a DGen. <laughs> we, we need to get the gong lit up, dude. Yeah, for sure. We got to we gotta start firing that up. I got to get kind of back in my... I don't know how you guys do it with that many because I'm swamped with the amount of leagues that I've got um, and just keeping up is is a task in itself. So hats off to you guys for that. I think Polly's up near that number too, probably. So uh, 28. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's right around where I'm at. It's, uh, it's a lot to keep track of, but uh, we'll be getting that gonger going. I love that league. That was a great, great league to get started. Yeah. Seeing that thing, I'm tearing that up right now, dude. You've been missing out. 
Yeah, well, it's funny you talk about that because I was listening to your guys' most recent episode just last night as I was kind of prepping for this pod, and I heard Polly kind of bragging about his son of a gun invitational win, uh, and I had a look <laughs> while I was listening, and yours truly actually was the runner-up in the championship, Polly. So uh, we got a little bit of unfinished business in that league. My team's looking pretty tight. I got a couple needs at uh, at the running back position, but I can probably make something happen. But uh, I'm coming for that top spot, buddy. I heard you bragging about that, and it uh, it. Um, well, yeah, when Sherman reminded me that I won it, I didn't even remember that I won it. <laughs> um, so it was you. Okay, so you've got Tannehill, Lev Bell, Carryon Johnson, yeah, the Wolf. The running backs are rough. Cooper, James White. Cooper Cuff, yep. A.J. Brown, Jarvis Landry, Travis Kelsey. Okay. James White, Irv Smith. BZ loves him some Irv Smith. You got mm-hmm. Ruggs, Darius Slayton, Emmanuel Sanders, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, that's a pretty good squad. Your uh, running backs are super woof, though. Yeah, they are. I think that's the league where you and I made a trade where I, um, I traded for Lev Bell before the start of the season. I think it was like a Devonta Freeman plus or something for Lev Bell, and uh, yeah, I just felt like there was more upside there with a shitty, shitty depth on the squad at, at running back that I that I picked up Lev Bell. But uh, well, I and mean, that was a I, good trade because Devonta Freeman. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it hasn't uh, it hasn't turned out that much better than your side, to be completely honest with you. So uh, I'm looking in that league, and I think a couple of you guys are in there. So let's uh, let's make something happen. Well, Trav, hit me up because I got Dalvin Cook and Todd Gurley just sitting around here, and I'm looking to blow the squad up because this team blows. Okay, so, on it after this yep. pod. In fact, let's just stop recording now, fellas. I got to make this trade. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I uh, I really like my team in that league. Um, I'm looking forward to the season in that league. Stoner's got a good team, and so does Moose mm-hmm. uh, in that league. Yeah, there's some uh, sharks in that bloody league, man. All I'm about to say is somebody's about to make me an offer somewhere, and it's going to fuck up everything because I got a few good people left on my team, and I'm willing to swap them for some shit. So just make All it right, I'm, I'm on it. And uh, I think, BZ, since we're talking this on uh, – on the pod, I think what we'll have to do is if we do make something happen, we'll have to make sure that we post it on the thread when I post the episode. Um, yes, sir. Just to give people an update because I'm gonna I'm gonna go in on that big time because I need to I need to knock Polly off that perch. He actually he beat me in two finals last year. Um, so Polly, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, brother. As much as I love you, bro, you're not even gonna make the finals in this league. Wow, term that wow. team that t- that team Polly just called out. You might not make playoffs <laughs> all right terms so you said it was uh took a while for your invitation to the podcast and i think that might have to be your last one <laughs> 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 uh, well at least i at least i went out with a bang yeah absolutely that's the big right. five flexor so you've right. got to be deep on that league mm-hmm Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, okay. Jamison Carter, okay. <laughs> Mark Andrews, Kenyon Drake, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Jones Jr. Jeez. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're going to call out rosters, uh, I've got uh, Aaron Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady, uh, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, George Kittle, uh, Robert Woods, you know, I really like my Pretty team nice. too. Hey BZ, you got your roster pulled up to join in on this pissing contest or what? <laughs> oh, dude, this, this roster is not even worth it right now, my dude. Okay. How about Kenyon Drake and a first and a second for Cook? No, Kenyon Drake, no. a first and a second for Cook? 
Yeah. No, we're not making trades on the pod because I want in on that action and I'm trying to manage all these computers that are going on here. And uh, so we're going to we're gonna make move that on to the next first. segment. Kenyon Drake, okay. a second and two first for Cook. Kenyon Drake, a second and two first for Cooks. Yeah, I mean, That's one of the first is in 2023, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at it. <laughs> that I was going to say. Funny. Especially if anyone listened to your guys' last pod. Uh, that is great because yeah, those uh, those future picks are not necessarily uh, all they're cracked up to be. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like hey, everybody, everybody knows how I feel about picks. Totally. Yep. So after that, Polly, you're telling me there's a chance, is what right. I'm saying. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be hitting up the DMs, busy. Uh, I'm gonna keep us on track, fellas, and I'm gonna just move a little bit ahead here, and I just I want to give a big shout out to uh, to one of our sponsors. So uh, that sponsor is Expand the Box Score. Expand the Box Score is the must-have database for fantasy sports stat heads, and you'll notice I say fantasy sports there because it's not just the NFL. Expand the Box Score has college football, so they got a lot of really good stuff for college football that you don't necessarily see everywhere, because I think we all know that college football stats are a little bit tricky to find. Expand the Box Score's got you guys covered. Uh, Not only that, they got MLB, they've got the NBA, and get this, they've got minor league baseball, and they have college basketball on their database. So uh, to me, it's pretty nuts that they have all of that, and I love digging around on there, and uh, you can definitely find a lot of stuff that you won't find anywhere else. So if you want to get lost in that rabbit hole, go to expandtheboxscore.com, and you can use our promo code TRUENORTH10, and you get 10% off uh, uh, your purchase there, whatever package you choose. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think the prices are fantastic on there for the amount of data you get and i'm definitely a stat head myself so uh like i said expandtheboxscore.com and you can use our promo code true north 10 tell them we sent you and you get a little bit of a discount there uh so yeah. we we really like to thank them and uh they've been a great sponsor for the pod andy singleton's a great guy who kind of runs the show over there i had a chance to draft with him over the weekend and yeah he's just a great dude and we really like what they're doing over there at expand the box score hell yeah Right on, fellas. Right on. Uh, so we're going to move, guys, into our league winners. Uh, we are going to – I like this because we're kind of putting our stamp on some guys that we think can take our the people who are, who are listening to our advice to the promised land, right? So really quick before we get into that, fellas, I want to talk about what your definitions of a league winner are. Uh, I was thinking, actually, that's uh, – to to stay on your guys's brand that's a little bit off script so i'm going unscripted on that piece i didn't have that on the show sheet but i was thinking before uh before we came down onto the onto the mic here that what i guess people probably have different definitions for what a league winner is and so i'm really interested to see um what you guys define it as and then who your league winner is so we'll start with the definition we're going to go around the horn and then after that we're going to go around the horn and drop our league winning players okay so term what do you define a league winner um, on your fantasy teams. So it's just that, right? Uh, someone who can single-handedly win you your league. Um, and I say single-handedly, I mean rounds one through five, rounds one through four. Um, those guys are pretty well, you know what you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. You're building your championship after that. When you build your depth and you scratch those uh, late round lottery tickets who you've scouted and uh, they're guys that produce uh, above their draft position, uh, well right. above their draft position. To me, that's someone who's a league winner. Nice. Beasy, it's where an you advantage. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. No, I was just going to say it's an advantage yeah. over your peers. Yeah, I like that. It's perfectly said right there. I mean, that's just he nailed it right on the head. 
Pauly, how are you? Uh, how are you putting a spin on on what a league winner is? Yeah, mine will be a little bit more of a sleeper, um, right. and and maybe not just a single-handed league winner like a Lamar Jackson or, or Christian McCaffrey, right. but a guy that you can get uh, later as uh, an RB three or RB four that can um, that you can put into the lineup and has a very good strength of schedule and has a really good supporting cast and a brand new situation mm-hmm. around him. And I can't believe I'm doing it actually, because it's somebody that I've been very down on the last two years, but, uh, I'm fired up for it. I'm fired up. Yeah. For me, fellas, it's kind of, it's a little bit similar in that this is going to be a player who I think can outperform maybe what you paid for them. Now, uh, the guy I chose is actually getting a little bit pricey now, but I still think he can be that. And coupled with that, I think it's somebody who is, they surge down the stretch. So I don't think it has to be somebody who's a week one starter. I think it could be somebody that um, that maybe you stash in the draft with ideas of them having a big second half breakout right when you need it, right at championship time. So for me, it's somebody who surges in the second half. So whether you pick them up off the waivers or whether you draft them at a good price for the production that they end up with, that's kind of where I sit. It's more of the late season aspect that I zero in on. Uh, but I like that, that we kind of laid that out because it just shows that there's a ton of different perspectives on this so there's different ways you can go and i think um for this show this is why i kind of appreciate having you guys on is because we provide those different perspectives and i think you guys cover a lot of ground and i'm really happy that you guys uh joined me to do that on the pod so i appreciate that fellas um but enough of the sappy shit let's talk about some league winners boys (laughs) uh bz let's kick it off with you who you got my man i know a lot of players you like but i couldn't i was trying to think of who you might pick for this one and i couldn't peg it well you know i decided to go actually i'm going to go with a rookie and yeah, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. And I think this is a kid that's going to come to the year. I mean, we're, you know, everyone's talking about carry on Johnson and, you know, the committee back with Bo Scarbo and all that stuff. But, you know, he's by far the most talented running back that they have on that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't even know if carry on Johnson is going to be healthy. I mean, you know, he had his, he had his knee brace on, which we talked about a little bit on the scripted and, you know, I, I don't trust him. I don't think they trust carry on to be healthy. Yeah. I don't even think Patricia likes him as a lead back. I think he's, he's just, he is just what he is. He's a committee back that can be used as like, you know, give a starter a breather here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, Swift has been tearing up camp in the passing game. So they've been using him. He's been breaking some linebackers ankles out there. They've been targeting him a lot in the game and he's been doing really well. I could see him having, you know, potentially like kind of what Camara did. You know, and they just come out there and they just start to, you know, pummel him a little bit more with targets. And I think he has three down skill set. I think he can be an awesome receiver and I think he can take it to the house anytime he touches the ball in the run game. So he's a guy that I'm buying all over the place. And like I said, you might have to wait a few weeks until that backfield kind of plays itself out. But Mm -hmm. eventually the cream rises to the top. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, that hurts me a little bit because I've been a big carry-on supporter in the past. I love the talent uh, from a dynasty lens. I love the age. I love the you know that he can be a pass-catching back, but he hasn't shown that he can sustain a good workload on in the running game. So I think uh, he is complimentary uh, at most. And I really like the DeAndre Swift call because he's a guy that I didn't necessarily like the situation after the draft either, but I've been slowly rising on a little bit. So I like that call out yeah. as your league winner there. Um, Polly, let's go to you. You are uh, Mr. Sleepers, but uh, I think that's kind of where you said that you're leaning when you look at league winners. 
Um, and I personally always love the sleepers list and I'm super excited to see the variation on that this year. Uh, so why don't you hook us up with who your league winner is going to be? First of all, Swift is a great call. And with, uh, uh, if you are a Twitter, uh, addicts like I am and, and, and get your fantasy information largely from Twitter, it's all about the Jonathan Taylor versus, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire debate. And everybody is kind of losing uh, side of the fact that J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift both graded out as fantastic running backs, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's got that skill set, so I love that. So my pick is Ronald Jones. <laughs> Rojo. Rojo from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's got Tom Brady in town. Timmy. Who will accept nothing but the best. He's got Bruce Arians, who has already shown – that the trust will probably not be placed too much in uh, the <laughs> second round pick, Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, kind of reminds me of in Arizona when they had David Johnson and he brought in CJ2K, an aging yeah. CJ2K, and started mm-hmm. him over David Johnson. You know, he brings in LaShawn McCoy for that veteran presence. And uh, Shady is going to be able to show some really strong locker room uh, leadership, show these running backs how to play the game, show these guys how to work hard. I think Mm. that's why he's there. I don't think he's there to be a big production. I don't even see him getting eight or ten touches a game, honestly. Mm. Um, You look at uh, uh, the Chiefs with their playoff run last year, and you look at what uh, um, what they did. They pretty much told him not to dress and play Darwin Thompson over mm. him when they needed uh, somebody really bad. So you know what does that tell you? Um, and and here's some interesting stuff. You guys might laugh. Now Ronald Jones was <laughs> drafted and brought into the league at a very 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 young age, right? Twenty years old. Mm-hmm. So he's still kind of he's still the age of some of these rookies coming in now. Um, so you know you can kind of count that first season where he didn't get on the field and he got 1.9 yards per carry as just kind of a wash. You know, brought yeah. into the brought into the season, brought into the league too hard, too you know too early maybe came out too early. Um, admitted that he didn't work hard at his craft uh, has come out and said that he didn't work hard his first year. He kind of just thought I'm the man. He took it for granted. Um, in high school, he broke out year three, his junior year. He had 2,400 yards, almost 10 yards per carry, 39 touchdowns blew away his, the rest of his high school, uh, um, portfolio there. In college, his breakout season was his third year, by far. USC 2017, 261 carries for 1,550 yards, 14 catches for 187 yards for 13 yards per clip, 20 total touchdowns. It's now his third season. People forget that he averaged 10 yards per catch last year. It's pretty damn good for a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that he finished. It was just a couple games, but he did finish with uh, 14 for 77 and 11 for 106 um, with a couple touchdowns at the end of the year. Um, Tom has been talking well about him. Mm -hmm. Bruce Arians has been talking well about him. Um, I think it's totally his 
backfield to own at least a 60-65% share of. Dare Ogumbawale is just a chains of pace, pass-catching third down back. LaShawn McCoy is aging, and Keyshawn Vaughn, based on what Bruce Arians has done in the past, yeah. is probably going to get uh, maybe a Damian Harris even kind of redshirt right. sophomore year. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. These old-school old coaches are like that. Um, so you could get him late. Um, he's going, I think, in the seventh round right now. I got him and, showing uh, as the running back thirty in the in the seventh eighth, right around the <clears throat> right around late seventh, early eighth. RB thirty all day long. He's only twenty two years old. Um, he has a great great chance to return uh, value on investment. Um, I was telling uh, Andrew, this is going to be my hot t- take for Andrew Mackin's article. Um, Andrew's a former or a, a fellow uh, Undroppables uh, guy. And um, I told him that uh, I've got him projected for 190 carries for 855 yards, 42 catches for 378 yards, nice. and nine-plus touchdowns, you know, 1,200-plus yards, and uh, right. creeping up on double-digit touchdowns is going to be a smash at RB30. Yeah, that's a strong running back, Tom's too, if he like Tom's going to get him in scoring position. And uh, and they're going to move the ball down the field with uh, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver duo in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities. Um, that's it, man. Uh, it's all Rojo for me. I like that. I think the key is the targets that you said. Like if I'm, you know, I don't have projections this year, but if I'm doing back of the napkin, I probably, I probably wouldn't give him necessarily that many. And I I like that because that's a piece that I want to see out of him because he flashed big in that, in that aspect last year when he got some chances, which were minimal. Uh, But I I like that because if he can get those targets, that's a smash on that value. Um, And I think he had 31 catches last year. So I'm only projecting. That's actually more than, more than I recalled actually. So that's not too bad. So you're, Projecting I'm only projecting him for less. 12, you know, 11, 12 more uh, uh, catches. So that's right. not out of the realm of possibility. Right. So, I mean, if if Tommy can keep that afloat for him with the expected increase in rushing work, I'm, I think your projections are pretty solid there, Paulie. Hey, hey Paulie, did you see where, where uh, Brady addressed the media today and they asked him specifically about the running back room? No, please give it to me. Keyshawn mm-hmm. Vaughn was not mentioned. Ooh. At all. Old, old school Tommy, dog in the rook. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy will be just like Bruce Arians in that respect. They might not yeah. even acknowledge this kid's existence. <laughs> um, sorry for the Keyshawn Vaughn truthers. And I know BZ uh, is, had a, <laughs> is in the Scott Fishbowl League where he was drafted in the fourth round. I didn't draft him in the fourth then, round. No, no, no you put that on me. No, no, that was my, that was, that was my, my. Oh, okay. I was like paying attention. I said I, you were in a league where he was drafted in the fourth round. Was it you, term? Yeah, that was my league. There's your wolf. That's the fucking wolf right there, dude. Wolf. God damn. Wolf, kid. <laughs> All right, uh, term. Who's your league winner for 2020? Okay, it's hard for me to uh, follow uh, two uh, legends. Uh, and I agree with both my colleagues there uh, with the Swift and the Rojo call. I'm, I'm fully on board with both those guys. Uh, for me to talk about my league winner, I have to talk about two players, and I'll try to do so uh, quickly. Uh, I'm going to talk uh, just briefly about Adam Thielen. 
who was being drafted as the wide receiver nine. Uh, I'm completely out on Adam Thielen. Uh, okay. Adam Thielen was the 26th ranked wide receiver last year per pro football focus, graded out as number 26. Uh, only two wide receivers older than 30, and he'll turn uh, before the season starts. Uh, ranked inside the top five um, uh, over the past uh, few years, a 30-year-old wide receiver has recorded 90-plus receptions uh, j- just 18 times in the last 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fewer than two per season. Um, only four wide receivers in the last three years have topped 1,000 yards uh, over 30 after their th- age 30 season. Um, with the low-volume passing offense and Adam Thielen being forced outside uh, for the first time and facing a little bit of double coverage for the first time ever, uh, I think if I'm going to scratch a piece to this offense, uh, I'm going to go with the rookie Justin Jefferson, nice. uh, who I feel like has a legitimate chance to lead this team in receptions. Uh, <clears throat> he's going in the 11th round. Uh, he's going to be someone that uh, you may have to be patient. There uh, down the stretch schedule is a uh, cream. Uh, they play Carolina, Jacksonville, and going to be in potential shootouts at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, and at Detroit. Um, this is a, a guy who could come on late, turn it on, and uh, to the promised land. So if you're going to draft him, draft him and hang on to him. Uh, don't just drop him after a couple of weeks. Um, give him a chance, and I think he'll pay dividends for you later on in the season. Love that call. Yeah, that's kind of actually term along the lines of my definition of a league winner is somebody who has that second half surge in them. Uh, And I really like that because I think those guys are guys who are usually slept on in the beginning of the season. And I think uh, it's kind of a a feather in the cap as a savvy, uh, savvy team manager to be able to um, see those potential breakouts late in the season, get them on your roster, have the wherewithal to stash them on your roster throughout the season. uh, Even when, you know, the injury bug strikes or something, you, you hold on to your call, you, you remain accountable to that guy that you uh, believed as a league winner. And uh, like you said, it can sometimes pay really nice dividends. So I like that Justin Jefferson pick prolific year last year at LSU. And I think he moves into a good offensive scheme for, for somebody of his skill set and a nice quarterback who can, who can get him the ball with accuracy. So I like that pick with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's they're going to, yeah, they're going to put him in the slot. He had 111 receptions out of the slot last year at LSU. Uh, he's like, like, Polly just said he's a baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nice fellas. So I'm going to rattle mine off quick because you guys nailed yours and uh, you know, you guys are, are the OGs. So I don't want to go too long on mine because everybody probably cares about your guys way more than mine, but uh, mine is nobody uh, cares I, about what I say. <laughs> I beg to differ term. I beg to differ, buddy. You are uh, you are a Twitter legend. One of my favorite follows for a long time, brother. Um, so yeah, I think mine is definitely maybe getting a little bit up there in price, uh, but I'm going to go with JK, the Dob Goblin Dobbins. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I was actually just looking at the ADP now and he is going as in, and this is in redraft leagues, right? And so we talk a lot of dynasty, but I think we're talking league winners. So we're talking 2020 and he is going as the running back 31 
right now. And for me, I think it's just the perfect fit. I think any running back that's attached to Lamar Jackson and in that offense is one that I want pieces of. And I think, you know, Mark Ingram's age is getting up there. He's going to get a pretty solid workload. And uh, I think Dobbins could flourish towards the end of the season if Mark Ingram were to get banged up or if they were to try and control his uh, touches before they get into the playoffs, which is ideally what happens. So to look at J.K. Dobbins, he was a prolific runner, the only 2,000-yard rusher in Ohio State history. Um, not that it necessarily matters in the Baltimore offense. We get 71 excellent stat. Isn't that good? That's in Ohio an excellent State stat. History, like, unreal. And then 71 receptions in his three years at Ohio State is nothing to scoff at, even though I think it doesn't necessarily matter that much in the Baltimore offense because they don't pass to, to running backs. But I think whatever he gets as far as passing volume, he's going to to succeed on with efficiency because of what that offense is. And then, I mean, you don't necessarily want to put a guy directly into another guy's role or anything like that. But if you look at Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards had 133 carries last year and 20 of those were inside the red zone. So there's some lucrative touches and 133 carries is not, um, not small volume necessarily. So the efficiency added to that can, uh, can definitely help your team. And if you look at Gus Edwards, the poor guy only scored one touchdown on all those carries in the red zone. And uh, I am 100% confident that JK Dobbins can be better than the Gus bus. So um, yeah, I just think for me, um, J.K. Dobbins is I'm like full eggplant emoji on J.K. Dobbins this year. I think he's going to be uh, a stud for a bunch of my teams and I'm willing to draft him if he gets up to that sixth round as my running back three or something. I'm willing to do that because I trust in myself to build a strong roster ahead and behind him that I'll take that for the upside that I'm going to get in the back half. Yeah, I like that pick. I didn't know that was going to be your pick. I kind of mentioned him earlier with uh, Swift. So I, yep. I think they're both in similar situations. Yeah, yep. I, I played a little That's bit called, away and didn't want to give it away there, Polly. So. <laughs> called obvious foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it is like beautiful harmony when the Undroppables crews get on my pod. I just love it. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um that's what we got, boys. That's what uh, that's what we're rolling with for this episode. And um, I, I think we put another banger out and really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, so I'm going to kick it to you guys. And I just want you guys to talk about some of the stuff you're working on. I know you guys are all undroppables. There's the new site. There's uh, a ton of stuff going on for you guys. You guys are uh, the fastest rising crew in the fantasy industry, in my opinion. And uh, I think that bears out in the work you guys put out. So Term, why don't you let us know uh, first where to find you um, and maybe some of the cookie jars that you got your fingers in. Where to find me specifically or where to find the undroppables? Um, um, lay it all out, brother. So you can find us at theundroppables.com. Uh, like Travis said, we just rolled out a new website, and it is, in, in my estimation, a complete fire. So um, clean. It's so clean, yeah. that website, dude. It's nice. Uh, one night mode, call. right? It's beautiful. I love yeah, that. Dark mode. <laughs> the whole thing is dark mode. I love it because everything I do is dark mode. My phone and my computer and my everything. Uh, go ahead, Term. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way, Paul. No, no, no worries at all. Um, so we we've got some uh, great people working uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Chalk uh, obviously is the conductor, um, and the orchestrator. He he's the man. Uh, I like to call him the founder. Um, uh, we've got Stoner, and and he's uh, rolling out some. We got YouTube content coming. We got um, more pods. We're rolling out. Um, 
we just got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. We got articles, uh, weekly articles that we're going to be uh, rolling out at, as the season goes. I know BZ's working on a, um, uh, a game day eats article that we're going to have. We're going to feature. Polly's going to bring his sleepers to the waiver wire this year. Uh, the waiver wire is going to be super, super important. Uh, if you guys have fo- followed Polly for a while, you know he's the man. He is. I like to call him the Godfather. Uh, he's he's the best at what he does at identifying those guys that you have to uh, get on before they break out. Uh, so he's going to bring that to the waiver wire this year. So make sure you you're stay you're tuned in for that. Uh, we got some great analytic guys. Uh, the professor has put together a site yeah, um, that allows you that allows you to implement your rankings and spit out your projections so much easier than. Uh, before hand calculating that stuff and he also edits our pod and he's going to commission our listener league um i feel like i'm leaving a lot of guys out andrew uh, mackins he he is our editor our chief editor and he does an amazing job with uh the articles that we're we're uh, turning out and um if i didn't get to master june uh, the stuff that he's able to do uh with photoshop is it just amazes me every day we really have, you know, I, I hate to be that guy that's tooting our own horn. I, you know, I feel so inadequate in, in everything that I bring to the table, and that's just because uh, of, of all my colleagues who shine so bright. Uh, I, I'm really fortunate uh, to work with such great people, um, you know, and I, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. I know that maybe sound cliche. Um, but all these guys are great, uh, and I'm like I said, I'm so fortunate to be able to work with them. So, uh, and Polly just shattered his phone. It yeah, was my remote watching, control. If, good times, if you're not watching the video, it was my remote. <laughs> nice. They all up in the videos. <laughs> that was uh, that was well said, term. And uh, I don't think you should sell yourself short because you're a big part of that crew. I think the big thing that I've always taken from you is your thought processes. I think you're very thorough the way that you um, analyze situations, right? And we've been in a lot of trade talks together. I've seen you draft teams, and I think um, the the thorough um, attack plan that you give to fantasy football um, is something that I've always admired in playing le- in leagues with you, uh, let alone the analysis that you're bringing on the unscripted pod, man. You are uh, you are awesome. And like I said, one of my favorite follows for a long time and uh, definitely a great friend to True North. Uh, BZ, why don't you um, let the people know where they can find you and why don't you talk about unscripted a little bit? Yeah, uh, so you can find me at the BZBFF on Twitter. Um, and then, like I said, we got uh, Unscripted, which is at Unscripted. It's a pod that I do with these two fine fellows. And, you know, we have a blast, man. And the best part of this is this is literally just three dudes talking football. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're going to talk some football and we're going to we're going to get into how it helps you win your fantasy football championships. Beautiful. So we break down stuff like working with these two. You learn so much more about the game than you ever thought there was to learn about a game. And that's what I love about it, because I'm always learning something new and different from these guys. And it definitely uh, it definitely helps you sharpen up and you get to you know, take that into your leagues and take that as an advantage. It's it's huge. So. Awesome pod. We have a lot of fun. We have a mm-hmm. lot of laughs. You know, we were shitting on Polly's trade last week, which was the wolf of the week, and that was term. I was like, we were literally laughing for like five minutes. Like that he's that so to speak. So it's so just good. it's little things like that, man. We just like to have fun with it, and you know, just pump out some football stuff for you guys, and that's what we're doing, and it's awesome, man. 
and I forgot about it, but uh, you can hear me in the background while you guys are just laughing. I can't get in a word edge rise. You can hear me just go, you motherfuckers. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, was, the best, that was, was that was the best part of it, dude. <laughs> like and we said, have a special ahead, first please. guest for episode 10, Ryan what? McDowell. The shit whoop of that. At Ryan MC23, the uh the the best uh, i love ryan i've modeled my twitter and my fantasy you know analysis and and what i do with the community after him because he talks to everybody he interacts with everybody i dm'd him he responded back within two minutes and said yeah when and where let's do this i mean just awesome. freaking awesome guy so uh we're, we're gonna come in strong with our first guest for unscripted pod um, some guys that term didn't mention, and I know you. Uh, it's kind of hard to mention everybody because there's like 20 dudes. Yeah. Uh, Brian O'Connell uh, for Undroppables Data Analysis. Luke Neuendorf is Analytics. Um, Fantasy Dukes uh, also does graphic design along with uh, with um, uh, Master June. You've got uh, Fantasy and a few. Um, who's a contributor? You've got Adam Hutchinson, uh, our PT doc. Michael Reedy, who's our redraft specialist. Jax Falcone wasn't mentioned. He's the OG Dino Giant. Game Theory. Andrew Mackins. <laughs> Justin Mandero uh, is a contributor. Um, Dave the Professor is mm -hmm. um, the editor of our podcast. He's also going to help me run our listener league that filled up in like two hours. Vivek Iyer, who's a uh, uh, fantasy is and sports. continuous, man. Yeah continuous yeah. like he's dropping shit like every couple days it seems i love that guy i think yeah fantasy and sports sorry i interrupted yep. you there yeah um, no yeah, um I, I had to say something in our chat a couple weeks ago i said vivek you and andrew are just bringing it right now just so much content work 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 the guys are putting in so much work uh brad wire was just brought on to be an offensive line specialist who played offensive awesome. line I'm really um, excited about what he's about to bring to the table. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to get an offensive line guy, and this guy played offensive line. If you go to at Jeff66, uh, there's a picture of his fat ass playing offensive line. Uh, love that he's on the crew. And then Kyle Larson. Yeah, uh, Kyle's awesome, too. Is another uh, contributor. So we've got uh, uh, collegiate-style gear coming. We've got... Um, That's funny that you say that, buddy. I was listening to your pod last night, and uh, we are right on the same track with that, actually. Good, good, yeah. good, 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 good. We're going to have some uh, really cool, cool, cool gear. And uh, we've got sponsorships happening. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is going to sponsor us. Um, they do prop bets. <laughs> Promo code at UN20 gets you a $20 match. Uh, you put in 20, you get 20 back. They do prop bets. And we've got a couple other ones in the works. Um, we're working hard. Redraft rankings, Dynasty Superflex rankings on the site. We're pumping out about three articles a week right now. And um, uh, we're, we have done a breakdown of every single team's offseason moves, free agency, trades, coaching changes. Um, Term did a good one for uh, the Niners. Uh, I posted one last week for my Indy Colts. Um, BZ, did you do an article? I did not, no. BZ's not uh, an article uh, guy, but that's okay. That's okay. Not everybody. <laughs> I, also, I, I, I can't write for shit, dude. I'll be Fire on the mic. Fire Stoner on the mic, doesn't baby. either. I mean, we don't expect everybody. You know, that's why there's 20 on us. 
Yep. So I, I also did one for the Chiefs, the Lions, and the Chargers. Nice. Your writing is stellar, term. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I really like the Chargers one, uh, and I really like the Niners one. I could, you know, um, term does have a different writing style, and uh, it's um, there's there's some humor in it, which is funny, and uh, but the analysis is spot on, and uh, like Beasy said, when I do pods with this guy um term knows a lot more about coaching trees and coaching histories and changes college coaches um things that i just don't know or my brain doesn't retain um and so we all learn from each other the undroppables is blowing up y'all whether you like it or not and you know they they say they say iron sharpens iron Uh, i learn from these guys every day the other day they mentioned the um target share uh going up for, for um and mark andrews uh with her leaving town and it was something that i hadn't even considered how much more he might be on the field this year um and we we didn't break it down where where they were on the field together and things like that but right. uh they just they make me think about everything and when, when we disagree on someone especially when they both love someone and and i don't it makes me uh, take second and third looks because yeah, I respect sure. the hell out of both those guys so much that if I'm on the outside, I want to I want to find out why and I want to see if there's a flaw in my thinking and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just push me to be better uh, every, every single day. And, and I appreciate them for it. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well said, buddy. Well said. And I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've learned a lot from all you guys and the whole team over there and great content, continuous content. And that's what you like to see in the community is continuous content to help you get an edge. And I think uh, safe to say that's what uh, the Undroppables crew is bringing. So definitely appreciate you guys coming on. This is not the last time, fellas. I'm going to be hitting you guys up in the DMs again, and we are going to make some magic. I just got two little plugs I want to do, fellas, and then I'm going to ride out. Um, I want to talk about something that you alluded to there, Polly, as well, um, and that is merch. So we already have some merch on our site, but um, we have noticed some certain limitations with our suppliers, so we're actually going to be switching the host of our merchandise. Our catalog is going to trim down now to have some signature pieces. Uh, we plan on putting out some, uh, tr- some exclusive pieces certain designs and things like that Um, and so we are going to put our shop with uh, Viridian Global and uh, it's really cool because that's uh, what you guys are are going for with uh, with your guys merch as well which I'm super excited for and it's really cool because it's a true north undroppables kind of mashup right so we got Will, Will Harris over there at it's Harris time and then Master June 70 Mark Mathic two of the best guys out there a really great match for that brand I've been in a lot of talks with Will about, uh, you know, helping get uh, what ours is going to look like. And we've been in a lot of talks and I think those guys have a really great plan and strategy for uh, that business. So we are stoked to be teamed up with Viridian Global. Um, so we're going to be launching that within the next uh, week or so, I think. Uh, we're just getting a couple more designs out there for the people. And we're stoked to work with those guys because it's just uh, an awesome fit. It's nice to have people you know that are that are supplying your merch um, and people that you trust when you uh, get into partnerships like that. Right. So I think it's going to be an awesome fit with those guys and it's funny because this is like almost like a twinsies situation where we're both uh, <laughs> we're both putting our merch with up birdie and global and we've actually launched a listener league as well so um yes i will start to uh cook meat with fire tonight uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first person ever i do a listener league so uh not a copycat situation because um that's a standard thing for uh getting your listeners <laughs> that guy's uh, been roasted 
<laughs> it gets gets the listeners a chance to um, get into the fire with us as analysts, right? And I think before I was an analyst, uh, I would have thought that was pretty cool to be able to get into a league with somebody whose opinion I respected and see if I can hang with us. So for our listener league, the entry is simple. Shoot us a DM, go to the website and hit the contact us page to send us an email. Just tell us why you can hang and you have the chops to take down the true North fantasy football crew in, uh, in a fantasy football league. Still haven't determined the, uh, the full settings yet, but it's probably going to be super flex, uh, a couple of flexes and, uh, we may even go 16 teams fellas. So we'll be digging real deep uh, and uh, we'll definitely be hitting up Pauly's sleepers list this year if we're getting that deep. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun playing with some of the people who are, you know, loyal followers of our podcast and stuff. Cause we really appreciate that, man. Like it's just, uh, we're just a bunch of dudes <coughs> in Canada trying to put out some content and uh, it really means a lot that we've got people who are receptive to it, who value our opinions. Uh, we can't say enough uh, to our listeners about how much we appreciate them. So uh, with that, check out the TNFF network on YouTube truenorthffb.com for articles rankings and all that jazz and uh, hit us on twitter at truenorthffb you can usually find the crew mobbing around there um, shoot us a message if you have any questions our dms are always open and we'd love to help the people so uh, thanks again we really appreciate and we will see you guys next week peace peace see ya <laughs>